Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. We're in our second part of our You Asked For It series. And what happens is, is we're always in a series. Uh, we just kind of habitually run in series. Uh, but what, but um, what we do is, is around this time of the year, August, September, every year, we pause uh, and we do another series called You Ask For It. And we, we, do, we send out surveys and we ask you to fill out surveys of what you want to hear. We give you a massive list of topics that you want to hear about. And then what we do is we take the top five or six of those topics and we preach on them. And so this next few weeks, you're going to hear topics that people, you might not have voted. And if you didn't vote, come on, it's your, it was your right, it's your fault, come on. And, uh, and, but if you didn't vote, then next time this comes around, be sure to vote. But these are, these are topics that your people ask for, your friends ask for. And so I hope it blesses you. Last week, I, I preached on how to hear God's voice. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to go listen to that. Uh, I think it will help you, okay? If you got a Bible, turn to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, we're going to read verse 9 through 13, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, says this, this is Jesus talking, it says, in this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forget our give our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you're taking notes today, uh, you can title this message, um, a message that you asked for, How Do I Pray? How do I Pray? do I pray. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen. How do I pray? You know, I think it's a great question. And honestly, I was proud as a pastor that you asked how to pray, because I think a lot of us have had this question, right? And I think the, the, to really, before we dive into how do we pray or why do we pray, I think the, there's a, a few things that we have to change, actually two things that we have to change our view on if we want to have a successful prayer life. And the first thing that I think that we have to change if you want to have a successful prayer life is how you see prayer. Okay, here's the thing, is most people see prayer as a religious obligation. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I have to go pray. I grew up in a pastor's house, and my dad made me read my Bible and pray every day. And at that time, here's the deal, is the prayer, uh, it, it wasn't good enough just to pray for a little while. We, there, was, there was this big movement going on where you had to pray for an hour a day. 
an hour, I'll say this again, an hour a day you had to pray. And I never will forget, like I would put off prayer as much as I possibly could, but, but I had to log in my hour of prayer. I had to pray as my dad was, would ask me, have you prayed? And I had to spend time in prayer. And so I would put it off and my friends would say, hey man, uh, we're going to the movies later. You want to go? And I'd be like, no, I got to pray. I just got up this morning and prayed. Now I can't go to the movies. Because I got to log my stinking hour of prayer. And I would get into my, I would get into the room and I would, I would begin to pray. And I would pray for everything I could think of. And I'd look at my watch and it had been three minutes. Come on, has anybody been there? And I'm like, I've got 57 minutes longer to do this. What in the world am I going to pray about? I don't know what to pray about anymore. And here's the thing, is that I had the wrong view of prayer. And I just want to throw this out there. If you view your prayer life like that, where you're going, oh my gosh, I got to pray. What if you treated your wife or your husband that way? Come on or your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, whatever it is. And they said, hey, I really want to spend some time with you. And you were like, gosh, I don't want to spend time with you. How's that relationship going to go? Huh? Here's the thing is that prayer is not an obligation. It's something that we get to do. It's not something that we have to do. And when you begin to understand, that, take the limits off of what the way that you pray. Take the limits off of how you see prayer. If you've always been taught you have to pray for an hour a day, if you're a good boy or a good girl, then that's what you do. Can I tell you that if that's not something that you're passionate about and it's not good and you're like me and you're going, oh my gosh, this is too long. Now I will say this, that I do pray longer now because I really have understood what prayer is. But, but before, if, if you're learning this, you can pray anywhere. You know, some of the best prayer times that I spend in prayer is, is when I'm in my car driving down the road because I need to pray because people are cutting me off. And in order to remain a Christian and, and, and not do what I want to do, I have to pray, Lord, bless them and teach them how to drive. That's, what I, that's the prayer that I pray. Come on. The, but, but here's the thing is that I really do. I drop the kids off and I'm driving to work and I just pray. I shut the radio off or I put on some worship music, whatever it is, and I just begin to pray. Can I tell you that God can hear you wherever you pray? Maybe the shower, come on, all you single moms out there, is the best place for you to pray where you can just get by yourself and you can pray. You, maybe, maybe driving down the road is a good place for you. Maybe it's in a closet somewhere. Wherever it is, you can just begin to pray. And if you'll just take some time and begin to, to say, you know what, I'm going to just pray for just a minute. God will begin to meet you where you're at. You must change the way you see prayer. It's not an obligation, not something that you have to do. Something that you get to do. Number two is we must change the way we see God. We must change the way we see God. Jesus said this. The disciples come to him and they ask him, how do we pray? And he said, when you pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Now, you've got to understand that this was an extremely scandalous statement. Because you didn't pray that way. Back in those days, you didn't pray like that. You didn't talk, you didn't call God Father. 
He, I mean, you went in with fear and trembling, scared because he might take you. That was just the way that they lived. And so when Jesus says this, Jesus says, when you pray, pray from relationship. Not, not a bad relationship, but a good relationship. Pray from relationship. Our Father, who art in heaven. See, we got to change the way we see God. Can I just say this? That God is not the big guy. Come on. He's, he is a big guy. I'm not saying that he's not, but that's not how you address him as a Christian. He's not the man upstairs. Some of you won't even say his name. You just point. Come on. When you address God, you can come in and you can say, Our Father. God, you're my Father. And I think that this is crazy because uh, a lot of you, may, maybe you had a bad relationship with your father, and so that's a touchy subject. Can I tell you that this father is good, that he's merciful, that he's gracious, that he loves you, that he cares about you? You know, when Crystal and I were first dating, we'd been dating for about five months, and uh, I had planned an elk hunting trip in Colorado, in the mountains of Colorado with my grandpa. And uh, this was before we started dating, and I was all geared up and excited for it. But after we started dating, I was crazy about Crystal, okay? And all of you guys, don't sit here and look at me like you weren't at one time, because I'm sure your wife can tell the same story. And I was just crazy about Crystal. I, lo- I, I, was, I loved her. I, was, I, I loved spending time with her. I, it was just, it was just, that was just the way it was. And, and uh and so I'm getting closer and closer to my trip, and finally the trip comes, and I'm going for two weeks with my grandpa. And, and we, we drove all the way to Colorado, which is forever away, and, uh, and we get there. Now, here's the thing is that in those days, I know this is going to shock you kids, we didn't have cell phones. Like, I, did, I couldn't afford a cell phone. And even if I could have afforded it, I couldn't afford to make a phone call from Colorado to Texas. It's just... We had roaming charges and all of this. So, so I know this is, this is ancient lingo, lingo, but just hang with me here for a minute. And so I couldn't afford it. And, and, and what we did was is we, had about, we got up into the mountains about eight days before uh, elk hunting season started. And so I, I, we got the tent set up. And we had everything rolling and everything was good. And then, uh, and then I was sitting in, the, in a camp with two old men. And I was like, okay, well, and then I just began to think about Crystal. Oh, I miss Crystal. Oh, I miss her. Oh, I miss her. My grandpa finally got tired of hearing me talk about it. So I loaded up on my horse. I rode two and a half hours down the mountain, got in the truck, loaded the horse up, got in the truck, drove 40 minutes down the mountain so that I could get on a, this is shocking, payphone. Just so I could hear her voice. And then I would, I would I, it was all I could do. I could only afford so much. And so I would hang up and I would, I would, load, the, I would load back up in the truck, drive 40 minutes back up into the, to the mountain, unload the horse, ride two and a half hours back up to, to camp. And I did this day after day 
after day. Why? Just so I could hear her. Now, here's the thing is that my grandpa decided we were done hunting. I'd killed my elk. Everything was good. And I was, and I was like, all right, let's go. We're done. We're ready to go. And my grandpa said, no, I'm going to stay for about five more days. I could not stand to be away from her any longer. So this is what I did. I went down to the Greyhound bus station. Any of y'all ever rode a Greyhound bus? I, uh, well, I have, okay? And, and I bought a ticket, come on, to, to Texas so that I could go from Colorado to Texas. And I rode 18 hours on a bus by a guy who could not keep from passing gas the entire time. I'm not kidding. I still remember, and he would always say, excuse me. And I was like, dude, seriously, man? Like, that's enough. But here's the thing. Just so I could be united with her, just so that I could see her, just so I could talk to her, just so I could spend time with her, I was willing to do whatever it took. And here's the thing. you got to understand, while that seems sweet and romantic, it pales in comparison to what God did for you. See, because you got to understand that whenever Adam and Eve sinned, the greatest thing that we lost was not the garden. It was relationship with a, with a God who loved us, who cared about us. See, it said this, that God walked and he talked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. See, God loved to spend time with his creation. And when we sinned, that's what, all of a sudden that relationship was severed. And he was separated from us. And he would just think about it. And you see him reaching into time over and over again just to be able to talk and to speak and trying to figure out ways. And finally he says, no, you don't understand. I have to be with the ones that I love. And so he put on a flesh suit. He stepped out of eternity and he came to this earth to die on a cross so that what? He couldn't, so that not, not so that he could scold you for your sin, but so that he could hold you once again. You want to talk about a love story? about a God that didn't have to, but did it because he wanted to. Can I tell you that if you begin to see your God, God, your Father, as that kind of God who would do whatever it takes to restore relationship with you, what would change in your eyes? All of a sudden you come in and you say, God, you love me so much. I get to spend time with you. Now, the Bible says this, I get to come boldly into your throne room. I get to come boldly into the arms of a loving father. Can I tell you this? You don't approach God as a sinner in the hands of an angry God. You approach him as a son or a daughter in the arms of a loving father. And if you'll change the way you see God, it'll change the way you pray. If you'll start seeing him the right way, all of a sudden things start to change. Can I give you three reasons why we pray this is good? You getting something out of this? Come on. Three reasons why we pray. Number one, we pray to ask God to be a part of our lives. We pray to ask God to be a part of our lives. Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. See, here, here's the thing. you got to understand that God will never come into a part of your life that you don't in first invite him into. 
He won't come into a part of your life that you don't invite him into. That's just the way he works. Now, here's the thing is I understand that you may be a Christian and you say, you know what, Jesus is my Lord and I love him, but can I tell you that there are parts of your life that you can keep him out of? You can absolutely keep him. God, you can have every part of my life. You can have everything I am except for this thing right here because I like it. You, you, that, that's just the way God works, and God will never come in to be a part of your life, any part of your life that you don't invite him into. You know, uh, uh, a few Christmases ago, my son, uh, he loves Nerf guns, and I love that he loves Nerf guns, amen, because I love playing with Nerf guns. Any guys in here? No? You don't know what you're missing. I seriously asked for those for my birthday. I'm just kidding, but really, sort of, not really. But here's the, here, it, my son was over, and he, he had this package, and, and the plastic that Nerf gum, guns come wrapped in is like heavy-duty plastic. Y'all don't want to talk. Here, side note, if they put food in there, I would lose weight. Y'all know what I'm saying? You've ever tried to open one of these packages? It's like, really? Like, what is so, why? It's not that big a deal. And, and my son, was he was determined to get into this packaging because I was probably doing something else. And he's, he's over there, and he's working, and he's, and he's trying to get into this package. And I, I see him over there struggling. He's getting frustrated, and I say this. I said, son, do you want me to open that for you? No, Dad, I got it. And he continues to try to work on this and, and try to get into this plastic. And he's, and he's trying every angle and everything that he knows to do in every which way that he knows how to do it. He, he can't figure it out. And, I, and I'm seeing him struggle. And I'm seeing that he's frustrated. And, and, and finally, he, about 10 minutes goes by, and he comes over, and he puts it in my lap. And he says, I can't do it. Will you open this for me? And I gladly open it. Can I tell you that there are some of you that are struggling with an area of your life, and you're frustrated and you're aggravated, and you've done everything that you know to do, and God could fix it in a moment if you would just invite him into the situation. I understand you don't know what to do with your kids. You don't know how to fix them. Man, they're jacked up like their daddy. I understand all of that, and if you would just say, God, I don't know how to fix it. I've done everything that I know to do. Would you please come in and give me wisdom in how to raise my kids in a godly fashion? God, I don't know how to fix my marriage. It's messed up. If we don't do something quick, we're going to end up in divorce, and I don't know. I've done everything that I know to do. Would you come in and fix it. God, I don't know how to do my finances. Honestly, I'm so far in debt, I don't know what to do. Can you come in and fix it? And if you'd begin to invite God in, he could fix something. He could help you fix something that you're struggling with. Prayer says something powerful. It says this, God, I need you in my life. See, when I pray, it's this. In the morning when I wake up and I pray, I'm saying this, God, I need you. I, I need you in my life. Like, I really need you in my life because I don't have it figured out. You're greater than I am. Amen? Number two, we pray to build relationship with God. We pray to build relationship with God. Let me just say this, that you can't know someone you never talk to. You can't know someone you don't talk to. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we were driving down the road, Crystal and I were, 
and uh, we were driving from Tulsa, Oklahoma, back to Texas. And if any of you have made, made that drive, you understand the torment that is that drive. There was nothing, and so uh, I was just driving along, and all of a sudden, my phone began to ring. And I looked down, and it was a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to in years. And the thing is, is this, this friend of mine... We used to be best friends. Before we got married, come on, you know how it is. You get married, you have kids, life gets busy, everything begins to kind of, you drift apart. That's just the way it is. And, and I mean, we used to be best friends. Like, we would talk about everything. I would, I would pick him up. I, I would call him nearly every day. It was just one of those things. We were always talking. We could talk about anything or not talk about anything. You know those friends? Like, it's okay. You can just ride along. It's fine. You got your best friend by your side. You're good. And, and, and that's the way our relationship was, but, but life had, uh, had began to pull us apart, and we hadn't talked in years. And so I picked up the phone, and I began to talk to him. I'm like, this is my boy, you know, like, we're going to have a good conversation. And I began to talk to him, and it was awkward the entire time. Like, it was everything that I could do to have a conversation with this guy. Like, it was everything I could, like, I'm trying to come up with things. I'm trying to talk about things, and and it's just not going well. And we struggled through this conversation for about three to five minutes, and finally we hung up. My wife looked at me and said, was that as bad as it sounded? Because it sounded awful. And I was like, it was worse than it sounded. It was so awkward. Here's the deal. Is that somebody that I once knew, I had drifted away from. And now I no longer knew how to talk to him. I no longer knew how to have a conversation. Can I tell you that God knows everything about you, and he wants you to know things about him. He wants you to know how he works. He wants you to know how he thinks in in your own way. Here's the deal. Is that when you begin to have a conversation with God, you're exploring who he is. But you can't know somebody you don't talk to. It's already that time. Can't know somebody you don't talk to. Prayer isn't a monologue, it's a dialogue. Don't go in and say, God, I need this, 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 this. See you later, deuces. Because God will talk to you. God will speak to you. Number three, and I got to hurry. We pray to exercise our spiritual authority. Luke 10 19 says, behold, I give you, this is Jesus saying, behold, I give you, come on, come on, just tap your neighbor, say you. Come on, tap your neighbor, say you. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given you the authority. Through Jesus, you have spiritual authority. I wish I could, I could preach a whole message on this. When, when the church first started, we had a, an amazing dream team, and everything was set up and going well. And, and, uh, but but uh, the, the day-to-day operations, Monday through Friday, Crystal and I did everything. Everything. Like, and I know what you think. Pastors only work one day a week. You're a dang liar, okay? We work a lot. And uh, anyway, so I, uh, we did everything. We paid the bills. We, we, we did everything there was to do. It was just one of those that we did. And, and as the church began to grow, it became very overwhelming. And finally, we were able to hire Nancy. And one of the first things that we did with Nancy is we hereby ordain you to pay all bills. Amen. God has set you apart for such a time as this to pay all the bills. In Jesus' name, amen. But when we did that, I had to do something. I had to go down to the bank, and I had to give her authority 
to write checks out of the church's account. Are you with me? I had to give her authority. And here's the deal, is because of what Jesus has done on the cross, it says this, that I have given you all authority. I have given you the ability to write checks out of heaven's account. So now you can, you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You can, come on, you have the ability and the authority if you'll just begin to use it. Can I tell you this, that God will do what you can't do, but he will never do what you can do. God will always do what you can't do. He'll show up, he'll move. He'll do what you can't do, but he will never do what you can do. Can I give you real practical steps, and I'm done. I'm gonna do these fast. Number one, set an appointment. There's an old saying that says, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So when you decide, I'm gonna spend time with God, and I'm gonna pray, the best thing that you can do is pick a date, a time, and a location that works for you. I know this is practical. Come on. And whatever that is, if, if he, God doesn't even want to see me at 4.30 in the morning, okay? He's like, just go back to bed. You're, you're mean. Right? But here's the thing is that I pick a time, a date, and a location that works for me. I spend time with God in a time that works for me. Maybe that's 10 o'clock at night for you. doesn't have to necessarily be in the morning. But I believe this. It's important for us to set an appointment. Number two, you must remove distractions. Remove distractions. Come on, if your phone goes off eight million times a minute, young people, my wife's the same way. It drives me flipping crazy. But here's the deal. Is that when you get away with God and you say, you know what, I'm going to pray, you remove that distraction. You say, God, I'm giving my attention my focus to you for this five minutes, for this 10 minutes, for this 15 minutes, whatever it is. God, I just put every distraction aside because I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. That's the way, you know, uh, how many of you married people? My wife has understood we've been married for nearly 15 years and she knows this, that if she comes to tell me something important and I'm watching TV, even though I'm nodding my head and saying, "Uh uh-huh, does not mean I'm actually paying attention. So she's learned after 15 years, she pauses the TV and gets right in my face and says, I need you to pay attention to me. Come on, and all the smart women said, amen. I need your focus. And that's what we do is we just pause everything in our life, say, God, I'm just pausing everything. I'm setting every distraction aside. I put my phone on airplane mode, and I just spend in time with you. Number three, and I'm done is make a prayer list. I know this is practical. I just want to give you some practical applications. Make a prayer list. So when you go in to pray, have something written down. How many of you have ever gone to the grocery store without a list? Come on, are you with me? You come home with everything but what you needed. Right? Oh, that looks good. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh Uh-huh, that's good. No, here's the thing is when you begin to pray and you make a list in, in this, we're in the middle of our 21 days of prayer. We got one more week. I encourage you to do this, even if it's, your, you know, you're just jumping on board, but it's a list and it's something, but you can add to that. You can write on the back and you can say, God, I pray for my kids. 
God, I pray for my business. God, I pray for my finances. God, I pray. And you begin to pray. But don't just pray with you talking. Let God speak to you. Amen. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Church RC. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.